Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Hi, and welcome to the Great Women in Compliance Podcast. You're one of the last two episodes that I will say with Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine. It's the 198th episode. And the next episode is going to be Mary's final podcast. And then we have the Gwikis marking episode 200. When Mary said, though, what she wanted to step back from the podcast, it was really exciting, really a little bit scary. And I took some time to think about what's next. And I decided that when I decided that Gwik was going to continue, We'd respect what we did so far, and we're going to evolve to 2.0. So without any further ado, I've talked a little bit about the changes, but today I get to officially announce the next co-host, and I'm so excited about this, Lloydette Bimero. Lloydette is the founder and principal consultant of Parametric Global Consulting, a white-collar crime investigations consultancy based in the UK. You may have seen her posts about building her own business or heard her podcast, The Investigator's Mindset, or for so many other reasons. She is just a fabulous person based in the UK and a total thought leader and innovator, just somebody that the minute I got to know her, I really wanted to work with her you know, as much as I could. And when I asked her if she wanted to do this, I came back a little early from Florida visiting my parents because I wanted to ask her. We went to coffee. She wasn't expecting it. And then I told her about this and then said, do you want to be the co-host? She was my fingers crossed dream list. I'm so thrilled that you said yes. And for that, I'm introducing Lloydette. Lloydette, tell everybody about yourself. And for those who didn't hear your episode, I'll put in the episode notes which one it is. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. I am so delighted to be here. Lisa, thank you for that very kind introduction. And I am very thrilled to have been asked as well to be your new co-host. So what you don't know is that not only Lisa short-circuited it a little bit, because I was in DC for a couple of days for work. I was speaking at a conference and I emailed her beforehand and said, I'm going to be in town. Let me know. It'd be great to have coffee. And she was a long way away. She was in Florida, I think. And she came back, literally from the airport, landed and came to meet me for coffee. And I am so grateful that she did. And then she obviously asked me if I would consider being host. So just a bit about myself. I am the founding partner of Parametric Global. And I've been building this business since 2017. In my previous role, I was a government prosecutor at the UK Serious Fraud Office, the Crown Prosecution Service, and what was then known as the Revenue and Customs Prosecution Office, a career in government spanning approximately a decade. I'm also the chair of Spotlight on Corruption, which is a UK charity that I like to describe as small but mighty in its impact. The work that Spotlight does is that it tracks how the UK government implements its anti-corruption laws, but it is also a great advocate for ethics and for compliance. And it does so many amazing things. And I'm really proud to be the chair. I'm also a trustee of the Unite Foundation. And the Unite Foundation gives accommodation scholarships to about 80 students a year, um, which means that their accommodation is covered for 300. 
And those students are people who are care leavers or estranged from their families. And that organization is one that I'm really proud to be a part of because it's so close to my heart. Then I'm also a senior visiting faculty member for the International Anti-Corruption Academy in Vienna, and I teach on one of their master's courses. I've been there for a number of years teaching on their master's courses, but also doing some other work for them. And I'm very proud to be involved with them as well. So I do quite a lot of things and I wear quite a lot of hats, but that's a little bit about me. And also, don't forget that you have two, you have children She's got a lot of hats and a lot of people involved. And it's really, it's important, I think, for me, one of the things, too, is to have diversity of experience, perspective from people all over the world. And that is a really great part about doing this with you. Now, let me just ask you a question. Given that we just talked about everything you do, what got you to be willing to do add something else to this, to, join, to joining this? I was thrilled, but I was also a little surprised because you're such a busy person. So what was what made you excited to do it? Because you have been really excited. Oh, my goodness. So before I actually answer that question, I, I am generally a bit mad. <laughs> but what I wanted to say in all seriousness is that I want to, first of all, acknowledge the immense achievements by both you and Mary since you started this podcast. You guys have really broken so many boundaries and I particularly want to honor Mary and thank her for the work that she's done on the podcast and handing over the baton to me so graciously. Now, for me, Gwick is not just a podcast. It is a community. It's an incredible network of passionate advocates of ethics and compliance and doing business the right way. And I absolutely love what Gwick stands for and what it represents. Now, Given that I've said all of that, how could I say no? <laughs> how could I say no? The reality is, yes, I do have small children and I do wear a number of different hats. But I also recognize that when a great opportunity comes along to be involved in something that is I mean, truly re remarkable, it's, it's difficult to say no to those opportunities. It is a juggle. It will continue to be a juggle, but such is life. <laughs> and I am trying very hard to make sure that as we do this going forward, it really is a good juggle. And Mary is just so you know, super excited for you. And she's going to still be an occasional guest on the podcast. It's in some ways, it's just such a lovely way of keeping this going, changing things, but respecting it. And that was another awesome thing about you doing this. So what are some of the things you're most excited about when you think about what you're going to do next for this? Oh, I think I've got a, quite a long list, but I think the things that I would say now is seeing Gwick continue to grow and evolve, working alongside you and the Compliance Net Podcast Network team and our sponsors at CCI. And I think most of all, the amazing guests that we will have, that I will have the privilege to meet and to talk to, to hear their experiences. Because one of the things that I've learned is that there are so many people out there that bring so much to the table and the ability to just sit and to listen to them share is a real gift. And I am so looking forward to hearing people share these amazing leaders and thought leaders it share their stories, share their experiences with our with the great community and with me. Um, earlier on this year, a couple of maybe about four months ago, there is so much to learn from you, Lisa, and from the team. And so I'm really looking forward to the challenge of learning as well. 
it's one of the things that I still never get over is getting notes or messages from people who will talk about something that impacted them, or even more importantly, somebody who talks about, I re-list, I listened to guest X and it helped me learn about this or go to an interview. And I will tell you, like, that is the kind of thing I don't think I ever really knew would happen before we started. And it's really cool. So another thing that we're going to be doing that's a little bit different, different from what we did in the past is we're going to work with both, you mentioned Corporate Compliance Insights, CI, and also with Spark Compliance, which both of which are women-owned businesses and not the huge vendors of the world. So we're still keeping with the mission, but we're going to have, we're going to have some of that outside support from women-owned businesses like yours. But what, do you, what are you thinking about as what would be some of our good first topics on these? Okay, so one of the things actually that I would love to get into, and I'm super excited about working with Spark Compliance and the amazing team there led by Christy and Ellen, and I'm looking forward to working with Corporate Compliance Insights and Sarah, again, related individuals that I know and have had an opportunity to collaborate with. And one of the things that I would really like to get into is this issue around cultural contamination. It comes from a top, from a, an article that I was actually reading, I think yesterday or the day before. And it is the head of UBS Bank who have taken over, in essence, taken over Credit Suisse. So, you know, this huge issue that occurred. And he talked about the fact that there were over a dozen or two dozen red lines that would be laid out to staff that were coming from Credit Suisse about what they couldn't and couldn't do. And he talked about the fact that he was concerned about cultural contamination. And I thought, what a fabulous phrase that is. What mm. does that really mean? Because I'm big on culture, because I think if we're going to really shift the needle on lots of issues around fraud and bribery and corruption and other things, ultimately at the core of it, it's a culture issue. It's a systems and controls issue, but there's culture at the core of it for me. So I'm big on how do we shift culture? And so this concept of cultural contamination is one that I would love to hear what others think about it. I would love to hear what they define that as, because obviously from the perspective of Credit Suisse moving into UBS and Credit Suisse having had a number of regulatory issues over the years, that's clear, but I would love to see how others define that and how we can get into how that cultural contamination works and whether actually cultural contamination can be a good thing. Because in and this think, case... Yeah, and I think it's that's so interesting to me. The other thing I think is interesting about it is I don't believe any company is truly culturally or ethically perfect. And mm -hmm. the idea of who somebody, people who may have gotten in trouble and the bad actors have left and they're committed, they Who's, what is contamination eventually? You want to make sure that the company, any organization builds as a whole and not to just assume that everything you're doing is perfect. And there's so I think that's so, I think it's interesting and especially talking about diversity and culture as a whole, not just from an ethics and compliance standpoint, it all comes together. If, yeah, people are afraid to speak up. Yeah, exactly. And I think UBS as an organization hasn't necessarily been, they said no organization is perfect. They've had their issues themselves. But I, it, it, yeah, you're right in terms of what, what does that actually mean <laughs> on so many different levels? So I'm excited about that as a topic. And obviously we know that there are, we've, we were just talking earlier around AI and the issues that are potentially going to flow those of us who work in this field. And I know there's lots, every conference is going to be covering this, but I think there are lots of different angles in which that we can look at this in terms of not just 
what good it can do or what ill it can potentially cause. But actually, how do you regulate this? How do you make it so that it can be manageable? Because I think the issue that we're having at the moment is really around the regulation of artificial intelligence. And what does that mean for those who are in positions, whether ethics and compliance leaders in their organizations or in any other leadership role? How do you navigate that? And is there an issue around self-regulation? Should we be looking for people to self-regulate or is it for governments and states to actually take on the mantle? Is it already the fact that we're already behind? Our government's already been left behind and that the technology has moved so far ahead that it will be constantly playing catch up. So I think there's some really interesting issues around the regulation of artificial intelligence. And what does it mean? One of the other things I was exploring before AI suddenly came to the foreground, this has been bubbling around in the background for a long time, but I was exploring in one of a newsletter that I wrote around whether the artificial intelligence can be a whistleblower and, what, and whether that can be reliable or not as a whistleblower. Will it, you know, will it have the opportunity, will it have the ability to be a whistleblower? What does that mean for those who are investigating um, these issues? So yeah, so I think there's lots of things that we could explore around that. And, but for me, that's definitely an area that I don't know enough about. And as I was saying probably earlier to you as well, I'm kind of a bit freaked out by AI a bit. So I would like to explore it a bit more so that maybe I would feel a little bit more calm about what it means for the future. It's what can be appropriate use if there are things you can do with it and what, and I don't think any of us know. And the government is going to work so much more slowly, governments generally, and people will all bring all of their own issues in it. So how do we do the right thing going forward? I read, I can't remember where I read this really interesting article about school, or maybe it was someone told me that asked the students to write something using the chat GPT. And then mm -hmm. they had to follow up with what they thought, then read a book and then follow up with what they thought was accurate or wasn't from it. And that was mm -hmm. a way that there was, I thought it was an interesting approach, but it's nerve wracking, I guess, maybe people who are much more tech comfortable, but to me, it does remind me a little bit of sci-fi and we have to be very careful, but it, it's going to be a great topic to talk about. And I'm always interested in, we talk about culture generally, diversity, and how we can make sure not only are people speaking up, but feeling it's a very basic point that remains, it's not AI, but for investigations, particularly fraud, other things, that people remain to feel confident that they can raise concerns, even be proactive, and that companies do that in a way that makes sense. And that's that's just a bread and butter thing for me, but I'm so excited to get your perspectives on it as somebody who's really on the ground on that. Yeah, and the one thing I wanted to say in relation to this, when you were saying about the example that the school gave, mm -hmm. is that I was so surprised to hear, because there was this article recently, I think in a US case around the lawyer who relied on AI, and it quoted yeah. it all the fake case law. What it's actually called is hallucinations. I was like, my goodness, what an interesting term. So the AI hallucinates and then makes up things. But then that comes into, when I'm looking at material potentially in an investigation that implicates someone and their livelihood and potentially even not only their livelihood, but their liberty. How can I rely on this if there is the issue of hallucinations? Yeah. So lots of interesting things around that. So much. And also people's memories as can also be selective or other things. So it's interesting what, what works, what doesn't work. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> with that, other than the actual idea of AI taking over all of compliance, what else might make you nervous <laughs> about or if anything about embarking on this? 
I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What, if anything, is making you a little nervous or concerned or if anything at all? I'm thrilled to hear nothing, Ooh. but when you think about this, is there anything that makes you uneasy or yeah, a little nervous? Well, whenever I go on a new adventure, I do have natural, I think for me, natural feelings of trepidation. Uh, and that's always combined with a bit of excitement too, but definitely some trepidation. trepidation. But I really love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do and I do try and give my all. There is that natural feeling of trepidation for me starting off this new adventure. Yeah. You know, the reality is that I'm not going to try and feel the amazing Mary Shirley's very large metaphorical shoes because that simply isn't possible. I am a very different person and I'm going to just try and simply be me, bringing all of my experiences as a lawyer, as a former government prosecutor, as a business owner currently, as a, a black British Sierra Leonean woman, a mom, yeah, all of that. I'm going to bring it to this new adventure. And I think part of it is just to share, to listen, to inform, and like I said earlier, just to learn. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, that that is exactly what I'm hoping. And there are moments, first of all, Mary's literal shoe closet is also fabulous. So if you, we could steal a couple <laughs> pairs of that, we would do, I would do that in a second. But I, that is exactly what I'm thinking. And there are moments where one of the things about starting the podcast with Mary is we remember that the day one of having no idea how to record a podcast or some of the strange things that happened over the years. And it's interesting to think about what we did to complement each other, what we went through, and then thinking, what will be, what can I take from that? And there's a lot. And what can I do to make it as interesting for you and as great of an experience moving forward, exactly while we're respecting, you know, what we did before. And I have to say, from a women's standpoint, one of the things I think is great about it is this is how it should be. Support women, you have things evolve. We all work together and people I do things they want to do, and then you move on and you still all work together in the future. That's how things are supposed to be in my mind. So that was the other reason that of many that and you jumped right in on that right away. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely I completely agree with you around that natural evolution. Things move on and it doesn't it should be that we hand over the baton to others as well. So yeah, I, I'm really excited like I said a little nervous but definitely excited to to meet the great community and to be a part of what is a very special adventure yeah and we're thrilled about that and another Mary quote for the name of the book too is sending the elevator back down you'll have the opportunity to do that for people as well and the last thing I wanted to ask quickly about because I want to be mindful of your time is because I'm going to be taking up more of it <laughs> Is that you are a great woman in compliance, and I've been reading some of your posts lately about your experience of building, you know, building a business. Um, is there anything that you want to share about that now, and relates to either embarking on this journey or just generally that have been resonating? Because I know that, and for people, it's another promo. You've got some great posts on LinkedIn about your experience doing this, and I just they're inspiring. Oh, thank you. I have to say, around LinkedIn, actually, whilst people are always surprised when I say it's not. A, a forum that I'm very comfortable in but I think that actually ties in very ni nicely and naturally to what I was going to say uh, in terms of a reflection if I've been building my business for almost six years so six years next month in July I would have been on this journey for six years but I think the first thing that I probably say is around doing things that are not comfortable doing things that are outside of your comfort zone 
Um, that's what LinkedIn is for me, even though it doesn't look it. They go, really? I'm like, yes, it really is not. I'm not really a social media person, but I have to because it's a good platform for my business. It's a good platform to network. But I've been, and also even sharing things around the journey of building my business. I think there can be so much self-doubt and so much of it in your head where you think, well, do I really have anything of value to say around this issue? What if people just think that this is nonsense or what if, and you know, there's so much self-criticism. And I think sometimes it's important for us to get out of our own heads yep. and that just do it and see what the response is. And you'll be so surprised about how that is received. And I think the three, that just a couple of things that I'll just quickly share with you is one, these are my, in my reflections, actually, know what you have to offer, know what you have to offer your clients, but also know your own worth, know your own worth as an individual, because there are people who will try and tell you that it, maybe you're not as good as you think you are, or maybe you will try and sell, tell yourself that you're not as good as you are. So know your own worth, strive for excellence. I really try that. I'm not perfect, but I really do. But I'm also internally grateful for all the support and the help I get from everybody else on a day-to-day basis. So that attitude of gratitude, I think, is really important as well. I am very grateful to have had this conversation. I am really grateful, have a lot of gratitude for the next adventure. We'll be going on together, and thank you. And I hope everybody is starting to get a little sense of Lloydette. You're going to get to know a lot more. And (laughs) on behalf of Great Women in Compliance and Compliance Podcast Network, Corporate Compliance Insights, and Mary and me, Thank you. And I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.